So massive welcome to listening to the Bees first ever podcast episode. My name is Janelle and I am here with Jenny Bonner, who is the founder of the Bees organization, which is known as Black Empowerment, Enrichment and Support. And we're going to be covering loads of different topics and I'm sure there's going to be so many different directions that we can take it in. We're going to be looking at the motivation for getting started, the effects of racism and the effects of racism in the black community specifically. Having a space to explore those experiences with a black therapist as opposed to that of a white therapist. And also thinking about the plan for bees in the future. So without further ado, Jenny, very, very welcome. Hi, Janelle. Thank you. Thank you for taking time to speak to me and also speaking with our colleagues who are supporting um, the Black Empowerment Enrichment Support Bees organisation. What is Bees? Bees was in, initially founded to provide therapeutic support and advocacy support for the Black community. It sounds simple. It was simple in my head. So I put it out there. Initially, as a therapist, I work with individuals to deal with particular issues in my other practice. However, the reality is that whilst talking to some of these clients and working with clients and also in my day job, it was clear that there were you know, life is just not focused on one thing at one time. There are other issues taking place. You're dealing with the client who has um, anxiety or depression, but they're actually, you know, meant to be um, focused on bringing up their kids. They're meant to be bringing in income. They're meant to be dealing with their sick parents, etc., etc. And they need additional support to make sure that all of these things are being covered, which is why the advocate element is so important um, because it also allows appropriate signposting to trusted services, trusted organisations and individuals that can provide that support. The beauty is in the name, first of all. It's about, uh, the name is Black Empowerment, Enrichment and Support. Bees, as we know, as a insect species, are necessary to enrich the planet. And all the other things that I don't know, you know, about insects uh, are born with that. However, initially, I wanted to create a organisation that supported people and particularly honed in on supporting the black community. And it's really about providing counselling, advocacy and more to empower the black community. When I think about bees in general, I think of community. And that leads me to kind of want to explore what your motivation was for bees and why now? It was always needed. Um, The why now, it's an important question, except I didn't get there as early as I wanted to. It's effective now because the blinds are and the realities of living experience for the black community are being emphasized and have been emphasized more strongly in the last few years particularly with the George Floyd incident COVID public frustration employment housing all of those issues have always kind of been there but they're so much more visual and therefore needing that exploration to see if this is really a fair and equal society there had been a kind of um black and minority ethnic focus a term that didn't really serve the black community uh, but worked as a focal point to say oh look we are doing something because we know that there is a bami community out there but this focus on bami just really slips away from the black community as some communities receive more support and recognition according to what's happening politically or financially and it usually doesn't benefit black people in terms of community we as black people live, work and relate to each other. We relate as individuals, we relate as families. But my question was, do we really relate as well as we can as a community? Is a, a word that we just add on. A lot of the time I, I, I get the sense that everybody wants to be part of the community, but actually a lot of the time they spend 
doing their own thing in their own way and not necessarily being part of the community they say they want to be part of. How would you say that that bees actually incorporates that and actually does fulfill that that purpose of being part of the community? Well, first of all, we need to understand what community means. Mm -hmm. Um, And if we're going to start from the, the source of our individuality, we need to build our self-esteem, our confidence. We need to acknowledge the, the, the jewels, the honey of our cultural heritage, which includes resilience, vulnerability, warmth, honesty, laughter, spirituality, and share that. We have covered that up in order to fit you know, to fit the narrative, to fit where we live. And actually, we've probably done ourselves a great disservice. And once we embrace that, we will begin to have really built a solid foundation for community. Yeah. And that sounds like something that is actually quite exciting when you say it like that. All of the things that people within our community have covered up that have not only stopped us being individuals but it's also had a a direct impact on the community as a whole I'm wondering actually you mentioned a little bit just before in in one of your previous answers about you didn't get to this point with bees as quickly as you would have liked to what's your background why is bees important to you and, and where are you coming from Right, so I'm coming from, I am, yeah, a black woman of a certain age now, but I was a different kind of black. I didn't fit into various areas or presumed spaces where black women were. Um, But I followed the dictate. You had to get a job. You had to be relatively educated and you know, you were supposed to get the house, the car, and I don't know, 2.5 kids, if that's possible. I'm joking. I didn't follow the regime because I was interested in people. Why were families sometimes dysfunctional? Why did relationships not work? What was happening with individuals? What was happening with me? So I was always curious to know not only who I was, who other people were, and who told us that we had to be a certain way. So carrying this through into my working life, I sat in organisations, private and public, again, just questioning, why have you been here 20 years? Why have you been here 15 years? Oh, why do you have to have a degree? And I'm not um, telling people don't get a degree, but just ask. I was curious. Mm -hmm. Um, As I moved through into charitable work, which uh, working for charitable agencies, which I love. Sorry, I moved out of the private sector because I was interested in people. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I was not interested in the money making side. I didn't need to see a product at the end and say that cost 500k, not for a company. So I decided that perhaps where I'd always been the counsellor, Uh, who was not professional and sharing more of my queries and life experiences I needed to do it more professionally I without sharing too much of my story underwent training which um, was with London Marriage Guidance because I initially as a novice thought oh couples I need to understand about how people get together and as you grow you realize it's not about how people get together it's about the the, um, individual and how they relate to themselves, first of all, and understand their own journeys. So it allowed me to look at individual and couple relationships. And I was able to use that ability to manage teams more effectively, I believe, in charities. Charities have their own um, challenges. And I could see that I needed to be able to do things slightly differently. I think it's really important to challenge yourself. Um, However, just as the script says you need to pay your bills, you need to do X, you need to do Y, it can be difficult to step out of a familiar and comfortable zone to do something different. And I decided, uh, okay, I'll take the risk now. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where I am. And whatever 
for me takes place. I've made the journey. I've never wanted to say um, I could have done. And that's a powerful statement just there. You know, just there are so many people, including myself, who, you know, will have goals or have dreams or have desires, but life will often take us in a, in what feels like the direction that doesn't feel very nice. It doesn't feel good to be going down a spiral and not really feeling good about life in general. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, just like you said about, you know, charities, all different kinds of charities have problems. Um, the public sector has problems. The private sector has problems. Taking it back to the people, everyone has problems regardless of their skin color. Mm-hmm. And when I think about it that way, you've said that bees is a service that's provided by black people for black people, you know, for us, by us, but white therapists are trained too. And they're trained to my understanding to facilitate a safe space for all kinds of people. Why is it not possible to to work with white therapists to support the movement of bees going forward? Okay. So uh, essentially therapy is about finding a safe space to express all the good, the bad, the questionable facets of an individual. If you live in a society that has told you consistently that you are not acceptable, that being you causes an issue, even in the minor sense, whether it be the way that you express your humor, the way that you walk into a room, the way that you dress, the way that you laugh, how can you condense that or allow that to be held in a relational therapeutic process with a white counsellor. Now, we know that, obviously, learning has expanded, um, curiosity has expanded, or or the so-called um, unconscious bias brigade has woken up and gone, oh, look, you know, we really need to look at this. We really need to acknowledge our biases. We really need to explore what we bring into the room, etc., to make this a much more impactful and effective course of therapy. However, my experience, I trained 20 oh, 25 years ago. And, you know, right at the time, I wrote a piece about the impact of a black therapist working with a non-black client. And I was categorically told that I could not write about it. It wasn't relevant there was nothing to be said about this matter. Imagine my hmm, enjoyment when this became the most focal point and is still being discussed. So for me, you know, as a newbie, I was going, well, what, what is this? What, what are we not recognizing here? So what could possibly be happening is that the black client was entering a room and going, I still need to condense myself. I still need to be seen to be okay and worthy. And then the relationship becomes inauthentic. Mm. That's why. So my understanding is that you're saying that there are things that may go on you know, below the surface of what someone would say is conscious, so below their consciousness, mm-hmm. that actually hinders that relationship being authentic. Without it even being known. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, uh, it's a bit like, <laughs> sorry, I don't know why this picture came into my head, but condensed milk, evaporated milk flows smoothly, spreads mm-hmm. around. It. Condensed milk means that you're limited even subconsciously in what you bring. I actually only want to talk about the fact that I'm angry with my manager at work, yeah? Because they undermine my professionalism and it came to a point when they said, I'm not sure you're good enough to do X, Y, and Z. And they may work with a therapist to say, where have you, um, how do you feel about this? Where have you felt this before? How has it impacted you? but not about potential cultural differences, even if it's a black manager. 
So there are le- it doesn't it it's it it potentially doesn't go to the depth that it needs to 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 allow for complete healing. I hope that clarifies a bit. That's just a small example. I can understand that what you're saying is there are issues that are below the the surface of the things that people may bring to a therapy session. Mm-hmm. And if someone ha- isn't, you know, well versed in in digging deeper, that's just one level. But then the second level is that a client may come to join a therapy session and that's another layer that you know they're stepping into a room and they have to explain things but also, you know it's kind of like two things are working um against each other in a sense Abs- absolutely and it's and it's not to i will categorically say it's not to assume that because a black therapist works with a black client that they will immediately be in sync it is still an acknowledgement of that difference. They may come from different districts, islands, you know, in terms of their cultural or generational background, but there will be greater understanding and similarities and ease of conversation in terms of addressing those issues than would might, might be experienced otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody is different regardless of, you know, the color of their skin, regardless of their life experience and all of that, putting someone who is trained and someone who is culturally sensitive mm-hmm. allows one of those barriers to come down, which you won't get with working with a, a therapist who does not identify potentially in the same way that you do. Yes. So I'm kind of wondering if we are looking at building relationships and moving the world on from where we are at the moment, where it's kind of like in in many, many different environments, it almost seems like a them and us. Would it not be beneficial for a black person to hold a therapy session with a person who does not identify as black to almost bridge that gap between the two i'm that's interestingly prior to this that gap so-called has been bridged hasn't it because there weren't that many black therapists around so people went to um the majority therapist and they had their therapy and if we take the example black people have assimilated into a community into a into spaces and conformed necessarily in order to survive and some thrive has it made a difference it has it has in terms of where you're coming from, but on a wider aspect, you know, there are still issues with black people and, and people of colour being treated fairly and equally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you said to me that I needed to come in and wear this uniform and act in this way. And I have done that. However, you're still treating me unfairly. So in order to have thrived more healthily, and conscientiously, it may have been better to actually value my own identity and be who I am and ask you to take me on that merit. And even if you don't, my value and self-esteem remain high because I haven't downgraded myself. Yeah. So what I'm getting, which I think is actually very, very a really powerful way to look at it it's about having control over ourselves as opposed to looking to other people to change what they are doing and how they present to the world yeah i mean if i if i was going to um obviously i have worked in ooh in the violence against women and girls sector and just as I've said that comment, my thought was of those relationships where the perpetrator changes the survivors, helps to change or convince the survivor to change their personality. Yeah. So if you dress like this, act like this, be like this, follow these rules, I will treat you more kindly. Yeah. And once they have changed 
the perpetrator has no more use. They're no longer interesting. They're no longer valuable. So that journey, um, and it's not a journey as we know, is a moot point. It, it bears nothing except to say we have power and control. And I know that's the stark, um, and I do do stark similarities just to make the messages clear. But ultimately, in changing who we are, we have potentially not gained anything very much. I can see where the 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 value or one of the elements of, of what I would call value comes from when we're thinking about bees is getting people back to being authentic to themselves Absolutely. like you said so that regardless of whatever situation they're in and regardless of what people or life in general throws at them we know that actually I'm a well put together person yeah you know exactly. I understand myself I'm self-aware and I know that if this person was to come and say well you're not good enough because of xyz I have the confidence in myself to say actually that's your opinion you're welcome to it you know, I'm good in, in how I feel. Yeah, absolutely. And people only, you know, it's the weaker person that actually confronts another person and says, well, actually, you're not, I don't, you're not. It's different to say, I don't like you. I don't like you is fine. But to undermine somebody's personality, skill, talents, whatever it is, is actually coming from a weaker basis. And to be able to say, okay, that's your opinion, but I know I'm damn good at cooking. Yeah. yeah, I'm a good parent. I'm a good um, professional, but it's interesting. It's not even interesting to hear your comment, quite honestly. But, you know, to walk away, um, you know, head held high in your own glow. You know, when we're talking about the, the social media, the internet is, oh, you know, self, look after yourself, think about yourself, put yourself first and whatever. But we really have to get the message across of what that looks like practically. And it begins with that self-esteem mm-hmm. and building that. Yeah, definitely. I would 100% agree with that. And it's, it's often overlooked. Um, what would you say the reason in your experience is that people steer often anyway steer away from taking the route to therapy fear fear of being judged even though it is you know big neon signs you will not be judged um but fear of judgment um fear that there is something wrong with them historically oh oh generally generationally i'll get the word right there are too many incidents whereby physically and mentally people of color black people have had in this country and wider been experimented on in various and even if you don't believe it there are myths and stories a higher propensity for black people to be sectioned and held in mental health institutions so there are many reasons why people would have fear the idea that um, people, black people, are referred to as being aggressive when they're being assertive, that still exists. So the black person going to therapy is going to be highly sensitive to the notion that something's wrong with them when society has shown through many years there's something wrong with the colour of the skin, there's something wrong with their hair, there's something wrong with their strength, there's something wrong with their body form, you know, there's something wrong with everything. (laughs) So to get to a part where you're going, I'm going to be strong enough, and I'm going to repeat that again, strong enough to be vulnerable to explore is a big step. What would you say to the people who actually, they're like, I don't need to go to therapy because everything's fine. Great. We can talk about what is fine for you. Um, it's in, we all, we, we all, all of us as individuals, human beings, we have our uh, protective markers. Yeah. And again, I would go to, back to history. We have had to be extremely resilient, extremely um, silent, patient, find dig deep for motivation dig deep to interestingly that value of family we want our families to survive we want 
our children to have roofs over their heads. We want them to eat. We want to follow Maslow's hierarchy. We want that to be available. So we've had to be resilient in the face of strong discrimination over generations. So being able to enter the doorway and say, I don't know why I'm here. Everything's fine. You would, of course, begin with, well, you're here. Let's talk about what fine is. You know, the moment that that inquiry, that "Mm, I'd like to go, but I'm not sure, is the beginning of that engagement. It's a, it can be a trust stairway. Let's see what they do with that. That kind of leads me to think about I'm not sure where the saying comes from, so forgive me, but Mm -hmm. it's about know thyself. Absolutely. So even if, you know, you do feel as though everything is fine and maybe everything is fine, Mm -hmm. but like you said, exploring what does fine mean to you and going, even for someone who seemingly has everything that they have ever asked for, there are certain behaviors, there are certain ways that they present that maybe they want to explore where that comes from. Hmm. Fine, fine is we, you know, there is this idea of when you get to happy, you're always going to be on the step of happy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of useless, really, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> how do you grow? How do you um, share that happiness? How do you, you know, it is a journey. So you're going to um, have peaks and flows. And it's a recognition of of that being life cycle. So in that happiness, are you looking for more happy? What's the impact of being happy? How do you feel in that happiness? Does it energize you or does it de-energize you? You know, the fun that, you know, what was it? Oh yeah. Great. I'm going to retire when I'm, I'm going to try and retire when I'm 50. Great. And what you're going to do, I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to have enough money. I can go on holidays and I can do that. Sometimes those are the most bored people. So that thinking has changed and that search for happiness or a balanced, sustainable contentment is happen, happening earlier for people. Mm-hmm. But it may consist of, wow, working, training, volunteering, something else, because we know we don't operate on one pathway. We don't operate on one pathway. There are many different directions and many different levels to everybody's life. Yes. Um, so that kind of leads me to... to I guess want to hear more about what you think about how a person can differentiate between the common problems in life and problems that may arise as a response or reaction to what they experience from racism. Okay, so problems, issues, um, challenges, yeah? Um, We do not have a list that we tick off and go, oh, right, I've got that problem. Sometimes we have things that are making us feel, modern word, icky. We don't know what's making us feel uncomfortable. That in itself can be the exploration. It can be tiny. Um, That saying, the straw that breaks the camel's back. I was walking, I know, I was walking down the high street Somebody um, was upset because they felt I was, I got to the till before them. And I don't know why it upset me so much. It's really annoyed me for the last few weeks. So there's not a list. It's something's making me feel uncomfortable. I'm not sure what it is. We are intersectional beings. It might not be race. It might be race and other contingents. That exploration is what will help to identify it for that individual. I have a, um, through working with, through my own working life and in, in organisations, inherently there would be the scenario where, and I've said it to a few people, I think you and I have discussed it as well, Janelle, you know, that moment when you're sitting in a meeting 
and you're participating. You're the only black person in there. And you say, do you know what? I've got an idea. Why don't we move the X department to deliver on X? And the entire table of 15 or 20 goes quiet. It's not a comfortable quiet. It's not even a contemplative quiet. It's just quiet. 30 seconds later, Sharon Smith, who happens to be white and English, same level, says, I've got an idea. Why don't we move Department X to Location X? The table bursts alive and goes, oh, fantastic. That's a brilliant idea. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's really innovative, really... And you are left confused, demotivated, denigrated, embarrassed, angry. I could go on with the list. I don't think there are many people who sit in a similar meeting have not felt that and question their own viability in many ways. It could be race alone. It could be they didn't value you anyway. It could be because you're female, et cetera, et cetera. But that moment for a lot of people is devastating because they can never ask, but why? Because that would layer themselves into an area of vulnerability. Yeah. So those things in our resilience box get stored until that happens for the 20th time. And then it's, you know what, this is really causing me a problem. Let me look at that. It's going back to that area of individual authenticity. What may affect you may not affect someone else. And it's been able to take the space to explore that. It could be minor. It could be um, I have a problem with a colleague at work and it's annoying me. Or it could be I feel anxious and depressed, really don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life. I don't know why I'm here. But everything can be explored and hopefully resolved to an authentic pathway. And that all sounds quite challenging, actually. It sounds like it could be quite a lot of effort to have to, you know, unpack and and work through and you know, go through all of those things to get to the point where actually I'm, 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 I'm fully aware of myself. And I know that I suggested this, just using the example that you said, I suggested this and then someone else came along and suggested the same thing and they got all the praise. What would you say is the motivation that can get people from the state of that sounds like a lot of work to actually being like, right, okay, I'm going to do something about it. Because one of the useful things, and I, I'm, you know, I'm not the, um, a student therapist, but when I'm working with clients, um, it is about helping them to recognize areas of their lives where they have made that journey already in different ways. So therefore the feeling will be, yeah, I've done that. I can do that on this one because I want to, I want to live my life. I want to move forward. Um, there's always something. When I started in charity work, I worked for a, a, a youth organization. I was the administrator. So I was always the serious administrator and um, young people were coming in um, concerned about not working. What should I do next? Blah, 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 blah. And I remember instinctually going to a young person can you do us a favor? I've got this stuff to photocopy in the days that you photocopied forever. And I really am thirsty. Could you make me a cup of tea? Please, could you make me a cup of tea? And this young boy, well, I say young boy, he's probably only a couple of years older than him, went and made a cup of tea and he brought it back. And I don't think I was actually lying. The tea was fantastic. And I'm a tea drinker. And I praised the tea, not over egging it, said what are you talking about? why are you unemployed this tea's wicked this tea is fantastic do you know what when you come in next week so I've already hooked him into next week I'm gonna ask you to make my tea again in fact I'm gonna wait for you at 11 o'clock to come and make my tea do you mind instantly self-esteem 
there's something recognizable that I can do. No, he wasn't necessarily going to go off and, and work for Typhoon Tea or whatever. Sorry, <laughs> name drop, you know, but he was leaving with a better sense of self. For me, that was my recognition, even though I didn't work on it then, to go, actually, you know what, I really like this, being able to pull out the good stuff of people and let them see it in a mirror, clearly. And that's enough. Even to sit and hear, my experience in that boardroom was terrible. And the pain I felt was terrible. And being able to sit with a therapist and have them hear that and contain it is so valuable. So that sometimes that's just enough. And I think it's it does sound like the the effort that may some may have to put in is worth it. It absolutely. I don't think. I mean, I, mean, I would be obviously as a therapist. Um, we're not sitting there doing ego goals and whatever. Oh, look, I had 10 out of 10, say whatever. Um, but, you know, if I don't enrich, if I don't empower my clients in some way, even if it's empower them to say, actually, do you know what, Jen, I didn't really like working with you, but it, they, when they first met you, they would never have said that. Then that's empowerment in itself. I know that's a weird and warped way to look at it, but it's about having your voice and having it heard for some even being able to find the voice is worth the journey kind of taking it back to talking about bees I know we have been talking about bees in general but thinking about challenges what would you say the main challenges were to to getting bees off the ground um really ramping up my self-belief that this would work um I picked, it's, it's all, you know, I, I think visually. So it was like I, somebody threw me a tennis ball and I remember having a conversation with a, with, um, uh, a colleague and saying, oh, I, if I had an organisation, I'd call it this. And laughing, joking and moving on as you get on with your day. And yeah, well, you know, you're getting annoyed about certain things going, yeah, and I'd do this and I'd do that and put it away and going, oh, come on, you know, you're going to um, sit down and knit some more, aren't you? And then kind of not being able to sleep because the idea was growing. I was really going to do it. So building upon that was quite easy because people like yourself and our other colleagues came in and said, yeah, that's absolutely, why not? There was not a, a flicker of doubt that this was needed or couldn't be done. So that was extremely important. The obviously funding, you know, what is that? You know, I want to do this, so give me the money to do this. <laughs> it's quite simple in my mind. Um, no, it's not. It's a different challenge, and I'm learning as I go along. In terms of, you know, visibility, we're learning, we're growing. Obviously, this all helps. And also, if there is that, if I'm questioning, I have enough going on outside for me to go, well, actually, no, this is definitely still needed. I have a world and wider view um, in terms of what is happening. And I think therapy is not the dirty word it used to be, that mysterious thing that suggests that there's something wrong with you, even, even for all communities. You know, it's not the premise of celebrities alone, etc it's opened its vista it has said um you know we live in this world and probably at any one point all of us need to be healed or have a little help along the way so i think that's greater i think the the as we've talked about earlier the onus for um black people is to be able to embrace that more as a healthy prospect, we come from communities where you don't talk people, you know, we've got all the phrases, don't talk people's business, keep your business to yourself, yada, yada, yada. It isn't, hasn't always been useful. We have our own issues to deal with, which won't be on those wider platforms. Yeah. So it's, it is respecting that and understanding that. We also have the um, generational movement that is changing that and a shared conversation that, that needs to be happening, which I hope to 
uh, foster, but obviously I'm not going to put on this podcast yet, um, in order to to, um, facilitate that. So would you say that you have been through the most difficult stages and are now looking for smoother sailing or you know what's what kind of plans future plans do you have for bees what's interesting is uh i have been challenged by the the standard templates of business i am that child and i'll admit it that nine you're going but i just want to do it now yeah but actually that voice facilitates me pushing things forward and saying well why do you have to do all of that when you could just do this yeah i have a belief that there will be more challenges because there has to be you know that's growth that's learning that's um building however um i think the path is easier but not yet smooth because i think you always have to be aware um it's a changing landscape for charities anyway and as the economy changes and grows, you have to be aware of that. You also, although not a politically biased um, organisation, you have to be aware of the politics and you have to be aware of where money is leading money. So that's, and that's why we have this cost-effective service. That's why we listen to what's happening to the community but we have complete faith that we have an honest dialogue about what is happening and what we can help with and what we need to maintain the organisation. It sounds like your your perspective is that you are not welcoming the challenges. So to, to, to say that. <laughs> no, 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 no. If they do come and as they come, you're you're very forward focused in thinking, okay, well, this is a challenge that will help us grow and to um I guess serve the community in the way that we 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 want to at best. Absolutely. And you know, ultimately we as as therapists, we um we talk about the <laughs> we talk about the parallel process. And for me, bees is that can be part of that parallel process. Am I doing within this organization with my colleagues, all of that, the same as I would be asking clients to do? Yeah. So what when we ask clients and acknowledge to clients, sorry, life, do you know what? It does have challenges, but it's how you approach that. We have to look at this the same way in terms of the organization and building it, the same way in looking in terms of looking at the community. And building it. Yeah, definitely. So when, um, for example, someone contacts bees, what's the process? How does how does it go from their moment of saying, yes, okay, I want to go down this road? Well, sometimes it's not that easy because first it's, it's really important, as I'm sure you know, as we know, the first contact is absolutely important. So they're welcomed in. And it is a process whereby they will um, have a general chat for a few minutes to see what the key issues are. And then it is an assessment which takes place, which really goes into the whys, what they hope to achieve at the end of therapy, all of those key factors, looking at any risk potential. And then it's about at the at that point acknowledging a schedule and a therapist that would suit now what we have and we continue to hope to build are therapists with various models of delivery and from also experience of working with young people uh through to adults issues around oh um relationships domestic violence childhood abuse childhood sexual abuse work professional anger anxiety self-esteem depression you know the list in therapy is long we work with clients who have mild presentations of concern um for themselves anxiety to those who may well, I won't even say two, those who self-harm, those who are find it difficult to manage their daily lives because of the issues. We will hold and support if we if necessary, those who have a higher 
level of need, but it is a holding space. And this is really important to acknowledge because they may be, it's not to say that there won't be people who need to go um, for a higher level of support um, who might be on their way to being sectioned. However, we would hope, and I've certainly had information, but although it's not, um, I'm hoping to get the, the uh, factual data, that for, for those held in a culturally sensitive relationship, that their entry into the section is much smoother. Yeah, For those coming out of, of those facilities, working with a therapist who is culturally sensitive is much more productive. So I'm waiting for that data, but that's hearsay. So, you know, it is about listening to and looking at the assessment and assessing the, the appropriate um, professional to work with them. And what would you say happens after or even during, you know, sometimes we have things that we want to do and where therapy is really beneficial in, in getting us to, like you said, be authentic within ourselves. Mm-hmm. There are some places in in society that we can't get to. Mm-hmm. So what would be the answer to that? It's I would say it's a combination of therapy and coaching. Um, I have found through um, my therapeutic career that a person may come in and start with a particular issue and then move into the the challenges of their workplace, another issue, and look at how they can move forward in that role. So it becomes a coaching issue. Um, and and, And that works really effectively because you have knowledge of the person's internal mechanisms and thinking to to be able to facilitate that move forward in a much more constructive way. So I will never, um, you know, say coaching isn't useful. I think for me, and I know I've said it to some up and coming coaches, that I'm really emphatic about the fact that the therapeutic world was my first instance and coaching came after that primarily because of my working life experience okay and do you have anything where it's more like it's hand-holding in a sense um yeah we have we we would facilitate that we are starting groups uh, there's a whole different model going on in terms of the groups that we're starting but we also currently provide employee assistance programs within companies and we're working with a large company at the moment um and nece- necessarily the choices that people make will include um moving moving f- higher up the ladder in their career or moving out to start something else and we will support that we facilitate the ending process people think you just leave a job and you don't feel anything nope sorry that's wrong and the starting process in their their new um, facility and that sounds like something that is inclusive you know organic organic yes and it includes lots of different areas. It doesn't have to be just come to therapy as an individual. You can also move forward in different areas of your life, always based on, you know, what it is you're going through at the time. Yeah. Now, there, there is the other side of the, the additional part. I mean, we've talked quite a lot about therapy. Um, obviously, that's my my bent. But then the other, the, the other key component of this is the advocacy side. So initially, we were talking about mental health advocacy, advocacy whereby a, a statutory service or institution or GP or whatever said, oh, actually, I'm really concerned. I think you need to be on this level of medication. I think you need to go to this support service, or I think you need to be interned in some way. And the discussions around that are not always clear professionals unfortunately and I hope I haven't used too much jargon here will talk jargon because that's their profession and the person who's going through it or even the people who are supporting the client can feel overwhelmed and voiceless we have advocates who will be able to help with that process who have familiarity with those statutory services there is 
so much to be gained from having the body of an organization talking on behalf of a client than sometimes the relative or you know the close partner etc so that's really important and this will also extend itself into issues around education criminal justice domestic violence etc that's something we are growing and building that all sounds really really enticing Jenny and I'm really sorry that this is like coming to an end you know I think I think the conversations and the topics that we've covered are things that can go into so many more different areas, so much more depth. Um, And I'm wondering if there's anything that you had in mind to say, to share with the people who are listening that you haven't yet said. Oh, that's, well, you know, Janelle, as you know, I can talk for days. I think it's the bent of therapists who, who listen so intently. I think, um, you know, obviously there are great plans for the continued growth of bees and we've hinted at some. So please, definitely people need to keep watching this space. Um, One of the key questions we talked about was how do you define black? And I think that can, that the fact that black is in the title of bees almost makes it a political bent it doesn't need to be black is about the color of your skin about your self-identification and at this point i will have to say we do not have interpreters we are a small startup growing and learning if you have any queries regarding that of course contact us and we'll take it from there but i the one other thing i think there is another uh, thing that I should also point out in terms of how society is changing. I haven't explored it myself further, but in the bent of things that have happened in the last two or three years, in the bent of the recent outcry and changes, I began to ask more about why particularly did um, non-Black clients decide to to work with a Black therapist? Um, or was it that? Or was it just the resume looks fantastic? What, what was it? And um, even I was intrigued to hear, no, they had specifically decided to work with black therapists. A whole nother area to research and understand. I'll leave that one there. There's definitely so much, like I said, so much more, so many more areas um, that we could explore. And, you know, this can be the the first of many podcast episodes that, we have and hearing from you I think has been really really beneficial um, just to understand a little bit more about what Bees has to offer but also a little bit about you as the founder and what your mindset is and how you want to move forward so you know in saying all of that it's coming from me and hopefully all of the people that are listening a very very big thank you you know and we're looking forward to sharing this space with you again in the future. Excellent. And and obviously I've enjoyed it, but and I, you know, I could talk for days, but thank you. And anyone who benefits from hearing anything on this, you know, well, you know, fantastic. It all works, it all helps to grow us. Thank you.